Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. George Kittle and the San Francisco 49ers. I'm not sure how wise that was. Good. Good. This is what we need. And look at McAbee. McAbee's got the official distracted in the ring. No idea that Kittle just took out Miz. Football players stick together, Corey. This is why you and I should stick together. Ha ha. Ha. Oh, George Kittle. <laughs> George Kittle put the Miz on his ass. And Chris, Chris, first Mike, of all, it's fake. Morning. You know but that, right, Mike? You know it's fake. I right? know it's. Okay. I know all it's right. fake. <laughs> but but look, I I was an aficionado of professional wrestling back when it was called studio wrestling. There was a time when they called it studio wrestling. I don't know if you know this. I don't. They called it studio wrestling. Because they actually did it in a TV studio. WIIC-TV in Pittsburgh was one of the bastions of studio wrestling. They had a ring. They had maybe two rows of seats right, around three that. sides of the ring. Yeah. And then they had the cameras. This darkened studio with just this perfunctory smattering of human beings. And they would go in there and they would do their thing. And I would submit to you that the sport has come a very long way than where it was in the early 70s uh, definitely. when and and when you're when you're a when you're a kid and you're trying to learn like how grown-ups do things and you know you're a boy and you're watching the men and not that you want to be a fighter but you know you got to defend yourself you got to learn you got to get tough when your education on how men fight consists of every time you throw a punch you stomp your foot on the ground to <laughs> simulate the sound of the right. punch actually hitting right you know and and it was one of those things where wait a minute i've watched boxing and they don't stomp their foot on the ground when they hit each other and it kind of looks like they actually are hitting each other in boxing i don't know what this is where it's this 
kind of glancing blow as they stomp their foot to distract us. They're not really hitting them. And I say all that because George Kittle lit the Miz up. I mean, there is no denying that he hit him. The Miz took that. And even though it's scripted, even though it's not real, the physicality at times is real. Yeah, sure. And part of submitting to the sport now is you do get hit. You do get hit. George Kittle hits him. He puts him on his ass. And the Miz knows it's coming. And he turns right into it. And he, ta- I mean, he, he fecks him up with that hit. He does. Dude. That, so the, it's different than it was 50 years ago. And now watch McAfee. Do we have the rest of it? McAfee, who's 35 years old, I Man. think, has had, had knee problems. He climbs up to the very top of that post. And he does this freaking thing that they call a swanton bomb. Wow, that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. That's gutsy. For a guy with that many gray hairs and doesn't look like he should be doing it anymore, that is pretty unbelievable. (laughs) You could, you could, I mean, you could get, you really could get hurt, even though it's fake, even though it's staged. And I remember when they finally dropped the facade and told the world it's fake. Nobody cared. Like, I got to give credit to the average wrestling fan. They kind of knew. I remember my dad telling me it was fake when I was a kid, and I was getting so pissed at him. It's like, because deep down I know, but I don't need you telling me because I enjoy it. Why do you want to keep me from enjoying it? I know this isn't real, but I like it. So please, Dad, stop it. I remember being, that was the only time I was ever pissed at my dad in my entire life. Why do you keep telling me this is fake? So anyway, that was something. And, and, and uh, here's how fake it is. When... Pac-Man Jones was suspended by the NFL back in 2007. He signed with what was called Total Nonstop Action Wrestling. It was a wrestling bit that was on Spike TV. The Titans sued and got a court order keeping him from actually doing it, keeping him from doing anything other than being a spectator because there is physicality. There are things you do that can get you hurt. I, I I bet. I mean, what McAfee did there, that was impressive, certainly. I mean, damn, you could hurt your knee, hurt your shoulder, whatever. Uh, I, I got respect. Break your neck. I got respect for the athletes. I do. I, I don't know. There was a point in my life, it was a little like yours, where my dad, I think he was the one that pointed it out to me a little bit. I got a little caught up in the Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant phase. That was right in my wheelhouse, but... It did ring true kind of early where I was like, well, this looks like a lot, you know, the stomping in the foot like it talked about and all the actions. And I don't know. I gave up on it pretty quickly. I didn't hang in there quite the amount of same, the same amount of time you did. I feel like eight or nine, I was kind of like, eh, I'd rather watch something else. But I can't say that, like, first off, respect. And I don't know where the hell that event was at but it's it continues to sell out so far be in the news so eighty thousand plus at mad so respect for that. mad respect yeah more rams and chargers fans at that than there are at rams <laughs> yeah, and chargers right, games right. <laughs> so <laughs> um and and look i i remember the very first wrestlemania this was wrestlemania 39 two-day event exclusively on peacock for streaming options unless you're one of the eighty thousand plus who was there the very first wrestlemania it was available, and I think the first few, if you wanted to watch it live, remember closed-circuit TV? You would pay to go to an arena or a theater, and you could watch it. This was like pre-satellite dish, pay 100 bucks to watch it at home. You had to actually go to a place, and it would be televised in that place right, instead right. of in your home. Yep. And in Pittsburgh, because I was in college in Pittsburgh at the time, the— 
the closed circuit TV thing malfunctioned. So they actually, within a week or so after WrestleMania, televised WrestleMania for free on one of the Pittsburgh TV stations. And I remember it was like a big deal. You know, these nerds at Carnegie Mellon, me included, watching WrestleMania for free on TV. Somebody taped the thing, and we must have watched it 50 times. So we were into it. And I actually went one year and paid the ticket, like WrestleMania like, 2 or 3. I think who were the stars two. at that time? Like, who, I, who, were you, who was the guy? Who was the, well, main, the main attraction? It was Hulk Hogan at first. Okay, so he was still he was, he was there already. All right. Right, right. Hulk Hogan was really into like full bloom. And I think I think Mr. T was involved in the first WrestleMania. Right. I think like there was a Mr. T and Hulk Hogan tag team at some point. You might I mean, right. I think I remember that up. vaguely. Right, right. Roddy Piper. Yeah. Rowdy Roddy Piper was involved in those days. Andre the Giant. WrestleMania three that like packed the Silverdome. MDS from PFT went there as a kid. And and I think it still has like an indelible mark on him. Andre the Giant versus versus Hulk Hogan. Randy the Macho Man. Oh yeah, he yeah, was involved right. back then, so it was uh, it was a big deal. It was a big deal. I so, saw Macho anyway. Man Savage I, once the in the airport. That was another reason that gave me. Gave, I, I did gave too. Up. I gave up on wrestling I, when I saw him. Like it was the Why? original one. Why? Because he was like five yeah. seven and like a uh, hundred and fifty something pounds, and I was like twelve, and I was like, I think I'm bigger than him. I could take him. I'm not sure I can respect him anymore. <laughs> I was in the Pittsburgh airport in 1986. Right. Okay. And here comes Randy the Macho Man Savage wearing, wearing the full outfit. Pink tank top. Right. Pink tank top, blue <laughs> jeans, no shoes, no socks, and a weightlifting belt. Not, not the, the belt they give you when you the win. WWF the WWF belt. Right. Big, the old big Leather. gray right. beige. The, 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 the weightlifting belt that you put on, you know, yeah, backward okay. to support your back. Right. Um, and 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 Miss Elizabeth, his manager slash wife at one point, was like walking five to seven feet behind him, and they're walking through the Pittsburgh airport, 1986. Swear to God, it's, and and I mean, I didn't think I didn't think I could take him. I know I know that I, just, I, I remember that being small. like, oh man, I didn't. I I, I remember being like, man, my, he built it was built up in my brain, right? You're a young kid, yeah. and I saw him right at in an airport, just like you. At the little convenience store in the airport, and I remember like on Tam, it was it was disappointing. I was a little disappointed. I was like, "Oh man, yeah. he's not as big and strong as I thought he was." <laughs> he doesn't look like Lawrence Taylor, Dad. See, my expectations well, well, yeah. were a little screwed up, so that's where that's it's a true. little messed up. Yeah, I think I think LT was involved at some point. He Shocker was. He in was. The 80s, yeah, that LT would not Might be involved have been in the nineties, like actually. That. But yes, I think he was yeah. involved right at one point. But, um. With uh, the the Macho Man, I mean he he was he was larger than life, and they've done some. I think A and E has done some right. documentaries on I think the life, right. the like you know the biographies of some of these folks. And, and look, it's a lot of drugs, performance enhancing drugs. At one point, oh, what a shock! I mean, h- how can you do all that stuff, right? How can you do? It was completely unregulated. Steroids were a big issue sure. with professional wrestling because they're traveling the country. They're doing this all the time. They're they're even though back in those days it wasn't quite as as physically impressive it as still was pretty played. damn good there's still a lot of stuff there was there's still right. a lot of stuff yeah there's another there's a hey, there's a clip where 
McAfee and the Miz are in the ring. And, man, I mean, McAfee kicks the guy in the face. I mean, it's not some fake kick. He puts his foot up, and the Miz runs right into it. McAfee's, he runs right into McAfee's that McAfee's an athlete. I mean, Mac, you know, that's the one thing I don't think really people realize about kickers and punters in the NFL. I mean, McAfee made a name for himself a little bit because of his ability to run down and make tackles and be that kind of guy, which was different. He was a little more into it than the normal – you know, punter, kicker guy. But, man, the athleticism of some of the guys that I was around through my career, I mean, it's top-notch. I mean, top-notch. You know, guys like Dustin Colquitt and and uh, Tom Tupa, who I was around before, I'm probably missing a few others where I'd go, no, no, th- those guys are like, they can do anything. You know, they might have not been like, you know, middle linebacker tough or whatever, but throwing, jumping, running, anything like that, man, kickers and punters, there's a reason they can kick the ball like that. They got legs that are extremely athletic and, and pretty explosive. Who's the guy from the Broncos? McAfee blew up. Oh, I can't remember the name of the pump return. It was a kick, it was a kickoff return. Yeah, uh, Holiday. Trenton Holiday. Holiday. It was. Last name it was Trenton Holiday. Holiday. Trenton Holiday. Blew maybe, right. him. I mean, right. That's I mean, where he came on the scene. It was a punt return. Right. Blew him up. Now, now Trenton Holiday was 5'5", 170, but yes. still, you have to have the athleticism. One of the fastest guys on the field, one of the most agile players in the game, you get over to him and you blow him up. He blew him up. So, yeah, you're right. You don't just roll out of bed and punt the ball no. like these guys do. It's it's one of the weapons in the arsenal of a great athlete. That's Kicking right. Kicking it that far right. and punting it that far, and it just becomes your specialty, and everything's yeah, specialized and in sports it. now, right. and right. that's the thing that, that you can do until you retire and you become a professional wrestler. But, yeah, I mean, look, I hey, I injured my hip rolling out of bed on Saturday. Damn, I old man imagine. River. Damn, old man uh, River. Yeah. What'd you do? Let What'd let you do you there? Uh, I, I rolled out of bed. I, roll, <laughs> I, I rolled out of bed. Happy and April's 1st. I think, I, think I'm, I think I'm at the age. Yeah, it was on April 1st, too. Son of a gun. I, I'm at the age where I'm, I'm bracing myself for any physical calamity that may come. Am I going to fall down the steps again? Is my lower back going to start killing me out of the blue again? And I think my mattress is too soft. I think I need a firmer oh, mattress. Yeah, it has I to sink happen. down into right. it. Yeah, and and I've been noticing like I've had pain around my lower back when I get out of bed, but it goes away. And some days it doesn't happen, and some days it does, and it usually goes away. So I lay down Saturday afternoon for an hour and a half because that's what I do. And when I get up, I roll out of bed, and I can't walk. I got a, I got like a sword jammed into my ass right above my right hip. And so I've been dealing with that for the past two days. Thank you very much. And I mean, I wake up in the middle of the night and I try to change positions and I, I feel like that sword is jamming right into my ass. So, yeah. uh, welcome, welcome to uh, welcome Monday morning at PFT well, swords are jamming in our asses here. Great to see you. Today. Hey, uh, <laughs> um, I, we apparently have video of LT from WrestleMania. Oh yeah. Nineties. Is it, it 95? Do we have? I was going to say, I thought it was right after he retired. It's I thought LT. he had just gotten That's, out. I, I believe that is Bam Bam Bigelow. It is Bam Bam Bigelow. I think you're right. You're too old to know yeah. these many people in wrestling, but yes, you, you are right. <laughs> what do you mean I'm too old to know? Look, oh, he's getting, oh, he's on the second rope. Go all the way to, oh, oh and look at that. Reggie Bam. White That's... in the background. Remember, there was a few defensive linemen they had involved in yeah. it. Uh, I see. LT? I, LT. Takes out Bam Bam Bigelow. Wow. Wow. That may have been, 
You know, they do that Royal Rumble where they have all those guys in the ring. I don't know if that was part of it. Remember, they put like 30 guys in the ring, and the last man standing is the winner. Yeah, right. I wonder if yeah. that's what that was. I think you might be right. That I might be if what that it was is. a Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. LT. All right. Uh, and all of the old WrestleManias are on Peacock. I'm not just saying that because our bread gets buttered by Peacock partially, but all of the old WrestleManias are on Peacock. When they first got them a couple of years ago, I started watching them. I, I lost track seven or eight in, but I was watching them. I mean, it's great nostalgia for the 80s because yeah. I was into it in the 70s, rediscovered it in the 80s, and then by 87 or 88, I was done. All right, good. You matured at some point is what you're telling me. Glad to yeah. hear that that happened eventually in the late 80s. It's good extremely popular. <laughs> I, I know. I know. Popular. I know. It, it really still is. is. I, know, I know it is. I, and like I said, I got mad respect for what they're doing. Uh, am I tuning in on a, on a Sunday to watch it? No, that's not happening right now, but still mad respect. I know it's a great spectacle. I'm glad they had a good show. George Kittle looked good. He looked ripped. He looked shredded. Good show. Did, did you? Oh, and I figure when he's done playing, that, that just, he'll, he'll be drawn to that like a magnet right. pro wrestling. Yeah. I mean, that, the gregarious personality. And that's really a big part of it. Oh, when we were in uh, Kansas City for... The And I think I talked about this. A couple of people connected to pro wrestling came onto the bus that we were using for the playoff game. Right. And I look, I don't follow it closely enough to know who they are. Extremely nice, friendly, down to earth. You would never know they were in some kind of show business. And I feel bad because I think they're like big, big wrestling stars. And I'm right. Okay. But then when they were on the show... When they were on the show, they had transformed into their personas. And, I mean, it's unlimited energy. It's great personality. And that's a big part of being successful yeah, in that world. Right. you got to be able to grab that microphone. And be a And you've got to be able to talk some shit. Yeah. And you've got to be entertaining that way. Right. And, uh, and these folks transformed. And that's the thing. You can't, you can't live with that energy all the time when they expect you to hype people up. But that is a big part of it, the ability to talk. The ability to really get people riled up, get yourself riled up, and you got to sell that. You got to yeah. sell that. Hey, the if biggest star in the world. Fake, you got to come up with something from to sell it. WWE. I mean that. I mean, right? The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. I mean, gosh, it, it tells you what kind of personalities they're you know they're breeding there and what you have to be. I mean, he's number one guy. You turn on a movie, action movie, is is The Rock, and that's because of his WWE background. And and it was I believe I'm I'm still trying to figure this out and I know we got to get on to more important things yes, but this actually ties into something we're doing later. It's, there's not a whole lot going on so so bear with me here. I my my butt hurts my hip hurts. Let let me have some fun. I've been dealing with this pain for two days. I'm actually having a good time right now. The the women's basketball championship yesterday. Angel Reese from LSU. The things she did to Caitlin Clark that the Caitlin Clark also does that yes, people forget right. about now that they want to now they want to crap on Angel Reese. They don't they don't know that she does that too. That's that's a a, a John Cena thing from pro wrestling. Yeah, you so, can't see me. WWE's everywhere this weekend. Right. You can't see me. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, and and let me just say this because our draft later is the best taunts all time in the NFL, inspired by Angel Reese. Um. The one comment I'll make about this, because I, I Twitter lost its freaking mind, and the people most upset about Angel Reese talking shit on on the court are the people who talk the most shit on Twitter all the time. Like, why do you have a problem with somebody being the way that you are all the time? I'm not going to name names, 
but the people who were most upset are the people who go on Twitter and talk shit all the time. Yeah, well, that's status anyway. quo for, for where we are right now because of social media. Yeah. That sounds pretty familiar. You still have your blue check? Do you still have your blue check, by no, the way? I thought nor do I ever care. Now's on. our chance. Screw Twitter. Let's get out now while we can, <laughs> the whole country, and be <laughs> healthier and safer and better. I, and we I can never... screw over Elon Musk. It could be a great day. I mean, it could be oh, a great thing. Great. Here we go. Well, now now our blue checks will be gone. I I never asked for a blue check. They gave it to me years ago. Okay, fine. Blue check. Wh- whatever. And now he's he's going to take it away. April 1. April 1 comes and goes and it's not there. Yeah. I I, I want to no, put blue checks hey, on Teslas that like, you know, work and don't work, right? Cuz I've got a lot of experience I, with this Teslas and some of them aren't blue check worthy. So he could kiss my ass, okay? I can tell you that. All right. Let me say this. This is taking a turn. Um worried about SpaceX. I, I, yeah. Worry about your damn car company that doesn't work. Your horrible customer service, Elon. Horrible. I, I think I think he's learning. I think he's learning that nobody's paying eight bucks a month for the. I hope not. It was awesome that Mahomes and LeBron started this whole thing, and it just became an <laughs> yeah. awesome thing. Where everybody was like, "Yeah, <laughs> screw Twitter and the check." <laughs> yeah, Patrick Mahomes is making forty-five million a year. Said, "I'm not going to pay the eight bucks I got a month kids. I have kids. <laughs> I love it." <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to it. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy uh, may soon have the kind of money where he can flex and say he's not going to pay eight bucks a month for his blue check. On Twitter, but before he can have the kind of career that it appeared he was he was on track for, he's got to get this elbow right. Here's Brock Purdy talking about the timeline for his elbow and if he feels more pressure going into season number two. This comes from Fox Sports nine ten a.m. Here's Brock Purdy. Yeah, I mean the protocol is you start throwing at three months, um, but it all depends on how your you know therapy and, and your range of motion and everything goes um, up until that point. So there's definitely some boxes I have to check off first until I get to that point. But um, that's that's the plan as of now. Your uh, coaches, your coaches come out and basically said you're the starter. It's your job to lose. Do you feel any extra pressure because of that or not? No, sir. It's just you know. For me, it's I have to get healthy first. You know, that's how I'm looking at it day by day is I have to get healthy. Everything will fall into place from there. Um, Other than that, man, I love my teammates. I love to compete. and I'm going to do whatever it takes to help, you know, this organization win. And, um, you know, that's how I'm looking at it and nothing more than that. You know, I never really thought of it before, but when it comes to the quarterback position in recent years, the 49ers. They're cursed. They're cursed. You're hilarious. You're going to say that. I was just about to say the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. Go. I'm letting you talk. Go. Uh, okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. But you're right. They are. I'm sorry. I thought you were going to finish your your sentence there. Oh, or your no. thought. No. I, I mean, it is unbelievable what they've gone through and the fact that they've been towards the top of the mountain throughout this whole, you know, scenario of all these different quarterbacks and whatever else. It speaks to the team they've built. It speaks to Lynch and Shanahan. That's for sure. But man, yeah, this little one piece here has been. A difference in them maybe not winning a Super Bowl, getting back to another Super Bowl. Yeah, unfortunate with injury here. But, hey, the year before against the Rams, Garoppolo didn't play good at the end of the game. They lost. You could certainly blame it on that. The Super Bowl, like you've talked about, some plays there, you know, that that were easy or there to be had for a big-time quarterback. Didn't make it happen. So, yeah, it's crazy that they're back in this boat, Mike. I mean, what are we talking about? Three months, April, May, June, early July. He's hoping he can start throwing a football. You know, I have a hard time thinking he's going to be able to throw a football at the capacity or the level that he needs to to go like, 
oh, wow, we're, we're carving up a high-functioning 49ers defense here in training camp. So, you know, all he can do is kind of focus on that right now. It stinks for him. I feel for him. But he's got to get that right, and that's going to be a process, and it's going to be a pain in the butt. And, you know, three months is being, I think, very hopeful with that type of injury. We got the impression last week from some of the things said at the league meetings by John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan that but for this injury, Brock Purdy is entrenched, number one. Yes, He's right. earned the job. He's won the job. He's just got to recover from this elbow. And if he doesn't, it's Sam Darnold, Trey Lance, and – and it very well could be that Trey Lance isn't competing with Brock Purdy. He's competing with Sam Darnold to be number two. And and I think Trey Lance could be available if there's somebody out there who wants him. Yeah. But we know from how the 49ers handled Jimmy Garoppolo, they're probably going to want a lot for Trey Lance. They're going to want a lot, a lot for Trey Lance because they're going to want to save some face because of everything they gave up to get him. And and look, you know, we rewind the clock to 2021. Trey Lance was one of the top prospects. So there's got to be some other coach slash GM out there that thinks if we just get Trey Lance in our system without all this dysfunction, this this Jimmy Garoppolo thing, and and do they really believe in Trey Lance? Are they really giving him a chance? Is it too much pressure on him? We give him a fresh start. We let him hit the reset button. He could be good with us, but I don't know that that means somebody's given up a first round pick. Yeah, to no get way. Right, Trey Lance. Right, I, I don't think that. I don't think we can have that conversation yet. I mean. Hey, I mean, Trey Lance, you're, you're saying it right. I wouldn't be shocked, right? But and, and are there teams out there that would be interested in him that, that we know were interested the first time around when he was coming out in the draft? Sure. But things have changed, right? I mean, how are you going to sell on your fan base right now? You know, so that's where it is, Mike. I think you're, we're on the right trajectory here. It's just like what would he get on an open market or, or a trade market? You know, you're not going to be able to sell to your fan base, right? Hey, we're bringing in Trey Lance to be our guy. We know he's still a project. We know he still hasn't really played football in three years now. So that's where the value of him gets hurt too. You know, that was the thing that we all worried about when he came out in the draft. Excuse me, I'm drooling on myself. And then here we are a few years later, and that department hasn't really improved much, let alone we got to see it in training camp and the start of last year. And it looked like that to our eyes, so much to the point that the head coach of the team who wanted to get rid of the, the, the quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo went, damn, I want to get rid of this guy, but I can't, and we're just going to keep him here because I don't like the way Trey Lance looks. So that's where I don't know realistically what they could get or if a team could even like sell that you know, to their fan base at this point. That would be the interesting thing to me there, Mike. And here's another reason to keep Trey Lance. If you're the 49ers, you are cursed. You, yeah, right. You, you trade Trey Lance, and all of a sudden, Purdy can't go, and Sam Darnold gets injured. Exactly. And then where are you? Right. Hey, I'm telling you, and, and I, I know I know uh, people are going to get mad at me, as if that ever stopped me. I'm telling you, at some level, there's at least partial consideration being given to the ultimate pulling of the ripcord this year, which would be bring Tom Brady in. I can't imagine that's not on the radar screen. They regret passing on him in the past, and Brady at this point believes he's done. I don't believe he's going to continue to believe he's done, and I think he's going to be, whether he admits it to anyone or not, he's going to be looking around, and if somehow, some way, the clouds part and the opportunity arises to go back to the 49ers and play there. We saw that video that was just kind of accidentally and spontaneously taped last week with no with no planning, no production, no filming, no editing. It just kind of happened like like the old video of Sasquatch walking through the woods. It just kind of happened of Tom Brady playing beach 
football with his his buddies. The guy's still in football shape. Yeah. He's good to go. Right. And I think he's going to stay that way. He's going to keep his mouth shut. He's going to keep eating avocado ice cream. He's going to continue to be ready to go. And uh, and and we'll see. And I'm not. I'm, I think it's a small chance that it happens. But we've seen crazy stuff. Who would ever believe Brock Purdy becomes the starting quarterback and looks like a guy who could take the team to the Super Bowl? So we have to be ready for anything and everything. And one of the things we have to be ready for is the possibility, slim as it may be, of Purdy not healthy, Donald doesn't get it done, they still don't believe in Trey Lance, hey, Tom Brady, please come home and save us. Yeah, I I mean, listen, they like Purdy. We know that. Uh, The one thing Shanahan's always uh, said to me about Purdy, right, that always sticks out is just his natural feel for the game. He just he's he knows how to play, you know. He just has a great feel of like, ooh, let me slide here and I gotta drop my arm. Fine, bam. Oh wait, I was supposed to look over here, but pressure took me away and I found a completion here. And just in the natural flow of the game, he's not a robot. He might not wow you, but he just he knows how to take coaching. He listens, and then he's got a feel to where just to get it done. It might not always be the prettiest or sexiest, but it can get it done. Now saying all that, and then what you just said right there. I mean, yeah, the time's now. I mean, the time's now. It is. I think Shanahan would get over Brady, get on Brady right now if Brady gave him an inkling and said, hey, I, I'm ready to go and ready. I mean, Tom Brady, it, it's ready now. This is this is the opportunity. If he wanted to do it and go to the 49ers, it, it's ready. I think it makes sense. I think Shanahan would do it. You know, what? he's got a team. It's a Super Bowl team. It's, it's arguably the best roster in football, especially now that the Philadelphia Eagles have lost some players, right? They're ready, you know, what, 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 so Brady can go in there and take over. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I hear you. I don't know if it's going to happen either, but if it's going to happen, it's going to happen right there on that team. That, that's what I do believe. And, you know, I don't know where Brady, Brady seems pretty steadfast on, hey, I'm going to be a dad and I'm turning the page in life, but. Yeah, let's give it another month or so. Let's see how itchy he gets here, right? Let's see if the 49ers get itchy. Let's see if Shanahan starts to get itchy and starts to go, oh, damn, I don't really like the way practice looked today with Darnold and Trey Lance, and let's call Brady and just see what's going on. I, I mean, I, I don't think any of that's far-fetched, Mike. I, I hear you there. Brady's got the ultimate cover for changing his mind. I've said this many times the past few weeks. George Costanza's justification for lying was it's not a lie if you believe it. Tom Brady's is I believed it when I said it. It's a very powerful thing. I believed it when I said it. When I said I'll retire when I suck, I believed it because I'm retiring before I suck. I believed it when I said it. I said I was done. I believed it when I said it because people do change their minds. I remember Brett Favre 15 years ago on David Letterman late April. That was the moment that I realized this guy's coming back because he said when training camp rolls around, I don't know how I'm going to feel. I don't know how I'm going to feel. And I think deep down Brady knows he doesn't know how he's going to feel knowing, number one, he can still play. Number two, he's said multiple times over the past couple of months how much he loves football, loves football more than anything, right? And then number three, he's never been in that position where the train is leaving the station without him. Yep. And it's not yet. The train is sitting in the, in the station. People are getting on this talk about the train. Hey, you know, the train's going to be leaving the station at some point, but it's still here for a while. At some point, you know, they're going to blow the whistle and it's going to, they're going to fire up the engine and it's going to start how and and that's when, that's when it's speak now forever, hold your peace. Or, or he can try to catch up with the train later and jump on it. 
somewhere during the season. That's possible, too. But this is something he has no idea how he's going to feel because he's never done it before. And you've talked before about what it feels like that first year when you're not playing. And you didn't play 20-plus years. Right. Can you imagine, Chris, what he's going to be going through this season when the, the world – of football moves on without him and doesn't even blink. No, I mean I I, I can imagine a little. I mean, yeah, because of me, right? But because I I lived with a guy that played for fifteen years and then I was sure. there in year sixteen where he was going crazy and he was stir crazy and I was in eighth grade and I couldn't play football that year because I was too big. I had to lose like ten pounds to play offensive line, <laughs> so I caught passes for Big Phil. That's what I did that year. We'd go over to the field, and he almost signed with Belichick and the Browns. He almost signed with Tom Coughlin and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we had a few little run-ins there. It is. It's hard to put it away. It's, it's, these are guys that have addictive personalities as it is. And his addiction is football and that competition. So, yeah, Mike, you bring up all the right points. I'm with you there. I mean, I think it's over, but I got to see it to believe it. And it's got to be the start of training camp and maybe even a few days in before I start to go, okay, I think he's not coming back. It's official. But it won't be until then until I totally close the, the book on that, that situation. And of all the situations, the place that he grew up, his favorite team has a situation where it's like literally, hey, here's the bat signal. We just need you to come in here and execute an offense. We're awesome. You don't even have to be that awesome. You could come in here. And we can win a Super Bowl. I, I, I mean, Mike, I hear you, man. I really do. I'm, I, I'm not going to say it's dead until it's, it's dead. By the way, I'd have loved to have seen Phil in a wrestling ring. That would have been something. <laughs> it would have. Because he's, he's, he's a very large human. You he don't is. appreciate it until you get him around other large humans. And I thought of him on Friday night because I, I, I've been bringing a couple of my nephews over and we'll watch like some classic old movies they've never seen. Right. They, they, it's just not even on their radar screen. And we watched, we watched the movie featuring the big fecker. You're a big fecker. Where'd you come oh, from? Oh, I love it. Yeah. The green mile. The green mile. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I almost texted I love you it. when that, I almost took a picture oh, you of the should've. moment that, that he comes out of nowhere and wipes out wild bill. Well, Hey, that, well, that well, let me tell you, yeah. that is one hell of a movie. It's I had not movie. sat down and watched it start to finish since I saw it in the theaters in 1999. Cause it's streaming and it's on and you watch it to sit down and be engrossed in that for three hours. That, that is one of the all time, most underrated movies. Classic. I think it's been made. Agreed. Agreed. It's an amazing movie. It really is. And yes, that is where the big effort came from right there. That, that movie is yeah. where the, the scene started. And uh, yeah, the big effort, he would have liked that. You should have took a picture real quick about him. So Saturday night, he comes over with my mom. You know, they're, they're great at coming over on a Saturday, and they come over late in the afternoon, eat some dinner. Well, it's April Fool's, and I have a daughter who was dying to get him, right? So we eat dinner. We're sitting on the couch. We're kind of relaxed, whatever. And my little girl, who's not little anymore, she's 5'8 and 16 years old, she's, she, oh, my gosh, there's a coyote. She made my dog bark. And then acted like there was a coyote outside. And you should have saw Big Phil lose his crap. Hey, get him in here. Get the dog. He ran to the yard. (laughs) Bentley, get in here. You know, he was going crazy. And then we turned around and my daughter was laughing. She got me. She sold it so good. So the big effort got April Fool's in a big way there. Yeah. I'm su- I'm surprised he didn't like rip off a shirt and go out there and get ready to. He was he was ready to run out there, and Kentucky I said, Dad, style. he was getting the dog. I was like, Dad, this is why we got the dog. Let him go. Just let him. He'll be back in a minute. Hold on, let him chase him off. But then we saw my daughter giggling, so that was a good one. 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. What if millions of black Americans had been compensated for slavery? Join me, Tremaine Lee, as I explore the untold story of one of the only black Americans who ever was. I talk to his descendants and discuss how reparations forever change their family's trajectory and imagine a reality where reparations are paid to the rest of black America. Into America presents Uncounted Millions, The Power of Reparations, a Black History Month series. New episodes drop Thursdays. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. You know, this is one of those days where Courtney, who worked so hard to put together. I know, we screwed it all up. We're going to discuss <laughs> major surgery is being done to the outline. <laughs> Things are being crossed out and thrown away. You guys talked about this last week, right? We don't need to talk about it now. Yeah, let's move on. Here's something we didn't talk about last week. And this is one of the things that kind of slipped in the cracks with the league meetings because we spent so much time talking about Robert Kraft's comments about Bill Belichick and yeah. Bill Belichick and the whole check the last 25 years. And then he had to walk that back and clarify it because guys like Teddy Bruschi said, hey, wait a minute. This is completely antithetical to everything that Bill Belichick ever told us. You never talk about the past. You only talk about the future. One thing about the future Bill Belichick discussed, the quarterback situation between Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. Right. Here is Belichick on whether they are competing for the QB1 honors in New England. Would it be fair to say that both Mac and Bailey Zappi will be competing for the starting job over the summer, or is it Mac's job? Yeah, well, everybody get a, chance, get a chance to play. We'll play the best players. So it's still kind of a competition. Everybody will get a chance to play. That's even more than a competition. Everybody will get a chance to play. Chance to play. You can say it's competition to see who gets on the field, or you can say we're going to put them both on the field and see what happens. They were toying with that last year. Remember that? Right. Was that the The Bears game? Was that that Bears game that they lost? Yeah. It's it's Zappy and it's Mac, and it's Zappy and it's Mac, and are they going to play them both, and when are they bringing them back? And there there still is an undercurrent of hostility and animosity between Mac Jones and Bill Belichick that doesn't get discussed enough, but it's there, and it exploded during the season behind the scenes quietly between Mac and Belichick. And I think that there's some affinity from ownership toward Mac Jones, which complicates things. But look, imagine I, I run any quarterback questions posed to Bill Belichick through the filter of how would he have handled that question when Tom Brady was the starter? He never would have answered it that way when it was Tom Brady and Brian Hoyer. 
I guarantee you that. Yeah. So it's indicative that they, they don't know who their guy is. And that causes some to say, why aren't they making a move for Lamar Jackson? Because he'd clearly be better than both. Well, they're not making a move for, for Lamar Jackson, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's going to be Mac Jones. It's going to be Bailey Zappi. And, Chris, look at that roster. Look at the other teams in the division. Yeah. Yeah, there are. If they're, I'm ranking one, two, three, four, they're number four right now in the AFC East. Yeah, I, I, I hear that. It's, it's. I mean, we know the Jets, Dolphins rosters are as good as it gets in football. The Bills, I mean, it's of course incredibly good as well. So yeah, uh, I, I hear you. It's, it's right there. I guess with the Bills, I would say, as far as that. But, but yeah, I think if I had to probably say it, I might say it's fourth as well. All right, and and you said it right. I mean, we both know there's some some issues there with Mac and Bill Belichick. There's something there. We've heard from too many people, right? And it goes back to the off season or last training camp and and all of that. But you know, I think ultimately, like they know who their starting quarterback is. I do think they know it's Mac Jones. I just think like Mike, he's. He's Bill Belichick, the school of coaching he's from, the way they played last year. He's not – unless you're Tom Brady or Lawrence Taylor or somebody, you're nobody – it's it's compete and get your ass ready for the year this year. No one's getting the red carpet treatment there in New England. No one's showed that they're that good that they just get to go. He's, he's going to keep everybody on edge. I, I would imagine. It's a big year for Bill Belichick. You know, like you talked about last week. Talking about Kraft, would he fire him if they don't make the playoffs? All of those things. He understands what's going on. He hears what's going on there in New England. So he ain't he ain't into let me make Mac feel real cozy and warm right now on April first. He's uh, he's hoping Mac is stressing out and working his ass off because he's worried Bailey Zappi might be the starter, and that's what he wants. And I think he'll push those buttons with with Mac and this team right now because they're not you know, a Brady team in 2016 that we know is on the precipice of being one of the best teams in football. And I think things went sideways for Bill Belichick and Mac Jones with this whole experiment. Yeah, definitely. Right. Called it last right. week of making Matt Patricia the offensive coordinator and Matt Patricia had never coached offense his entire life. He'd been a head coach, but he's not an offensive expert. And yeah, it worked for Bill Belichick and it's worked for other guys who have figured out both sides of the ball. But Last year proved how hard it is. You can be a brilliant defensive mind. You can be a brilliant mind in any other aspect. But all of a sudden, to figure out how to run an offense just like that, and Mac Jones is the guy whose career is affected by the fact that they go from Josh McDaniels to Matt Patricia with a little help from Joe Judge, another guy who was never an offensive coach. Here, It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I think that's what that's what started it. And by the end of the season, what are we seeing? We're seeing Mac Jones visibly dropping F-bombs, yelling and screaming, upset all the time because he's the guy who's caught in the middle of this mess. And so, there we go. Very well Roll done. the effing ball. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I can understand why he's upset. I can understand why Bill is, is uh, trying to maybe urge him to play a little bit better because right now, Josh Allen, Tua Tagovailoa, Aaron Rodgers, Mac Jones – Mac Jones is fourth. Mac Jones is clearly fourth. Hear me to and on? Mac Jones is clearly fourth behind Tua and Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers in the AFC East. There's no doubt about that. No. You know, it, it yeah. occurred to me, Chris, if if anybody should be calling Tom Brady, it should be the Patriots. If n- Number one, Brady right now is better than what they have. And 
That would be something to at least placate the fans. Bring back Tom Brady for one last year. Go see Tom Brady in a Patriots uniform one last time. That may be the ultimate distraction to the fact that we're not very good. And I think Brady wouldn't want anything to do with it for the simple reason that the team isn't very good right now. No, no, that's not going to be the team he picks. I mean, like we talked about, if he's coming back, he's going to a team that's ready, can win it. Like we joked about a little, you know, I think early in the offseason where we were like, he's not going to pick some team and go, well, I think we can get to the wild card game. Right? I mean, he's going like, can this team win the Super Bowl? If they can, screw you, you're off my list. Uh, so that's that's and that's not New England, as you're saying. You're you're right in that. Yeah, they're they're a team here that's in transition, trying to find their identity. You know, I, I don't even know how to explain it. Yeah, they're in they're they've lost their great leader in Tom Brady. You know, and and the offensive coordinator thing in McDaniel's and his leadership on the offensive side of the ball. He leaves. It's it's kind of a double whammy. It's a lot they've had to overcome the last few years. And then to make a mistake like you talked about, to have two guys that are good coaches but just not ready to coach offensive side of the ball and come up with game plans. Of course, Mac Jones must have been frustrated. And that's what I heard, right? I think I said that early in the season, that he had called Alabama and certain coaches going, hey, can you give some ideas to our coaches? Well, I mean, come on, all of us who pay attention to football, (laughs) how do you think that's going to go over with New England people if they heard that was happening, right? So I understand him being frustrated because he's going, wait, at Alabama and when I got to New England, my offense was way better then than it is right now. And here I am in the second year of my NFL career, and I'm sure he was frustrated. But I don't know if calling Alabama where the head coach is an ex-assistant of your head <laughs> coach back. And my, is going to get back, right? Exactly. That's where he went wrong. <laughs> Well, and Nick Saban, the head coach, is going to catch wind of it, and he and Belichick are tight. Exactly. Can you imagine the right. fun that Saban had telling <laughs> Belichick that he can't control his guys to the point where they're calling college programs for help? And and that I hadn't heard that before today, but there's other stuff I've heard that it, it's just dysfunctional. For the first time ever under Bill Belichick, the Patriots feel dysfunctional, and I don't know that they can do enough in one off season, especially because we've come a very long way from the days when they ran that division. And I don't want to take away anything from what they accomplished, but it's a hell of a lot easier to get to the AFC championship game every year. When you run roughshod over three bad teams in your division, you emerge from that with the one seed or the two seed. And all you have to do is win a home playoff game and you're in the AFC championship because remember up until a couple of years ago the top two teams got yeah. wild card round off and hosted that divisional round game you win you you get one of the top two seeds because everybody else in your division is horrible in part I don't want to take anything away from the stuff they did beyond their division but it helps when the rest of your division is horrible and you don't go three and three or two and four in your division right. you go right. five and one or six and oh and then you 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 win a, a home playoff game and you punch your ticket to the AFC Championship. And some years you get to the Super Bowl, some years you win the Super Bowl. But it is easy. If you can get the planets to align in a way that your team is really good and the other three teams in your division are really bad, yeah. it isn't all that hard to get the conference championship game on a regular basis. No, no. It, it's kind of the, the under, you know, and it, I don't mean it to be disrespectful. It's kind of the under-the-radar aspect of, I think, the 49ers and the Patriots dynasty to a degree. The fact that they, you know, you, you laid it out, right? You know, those six games, you had to know that, hey, wait, okay, not only like do we know these teams, but we're clearly better. 
and we don't have to like physically kill ourselves to come out and win these games like some other teams do in other conferences, right? And I think there there is there is something to that. And I used to sit there, like I said, we've talked about this before in the 80s with the Giants football team having to play Washington and Philadelphia and the Cowboys. And then, you know, whoa, we got to get in the playoffs. And it's like, well, yeah, it's been the playoffs for you guys in the NFC East for like the last seven, eight weeks here. And now you got to get, you know, more car crashes and physical football. Yeah, the 49ers, of course, you know, had a little bit of an advantage that way. Yeah, and the Patriots did too, certainly. But it's not that way anymore. Tides have turned, and that's why we're talking about it. It's a big year with Belichick because it's the first time ever, like you said, where we're going, huh, dysfunction, huh. I don't know if they can just overcome it with Belichick magic and all this type of stuff, and we haven't had these questions in a long time up in New England. There was a period of time where, yeah, they had the Falcons, the Saints, and the Rams as their competition. The 49ers did. Yeah. Through the 80s. That's six wins a year you could count on. I'm looking at the records. Those teams were all sub-500 for the most part. The Rams every once in a while yeah, would, would be pop somewhat up. competitive. Right. But but the 49ers, the 49ers owned that division just like the Patriots did. So a lot of questions in New England, and uh, we ended up getting to more than I thought we would. We did. We, we were going to talk about the Falcons and Desmond Ritter a little bit. It was off, then it was on, then it was off, then it was on, now it's off. We'll, we'll talk more about the Falcons at some point. But the bottom line is they're all in with Desmond Ritter not Lamar Jackson. We haven't talked much about Lamar Jackson today. We're at the point where we're just waiting until after the draft, I think, because it's clear that no one's making a run at him right. before the draft. And I don't know whether anyone's going to make a run at him after the draft, but uh, we'll see. Let's take a break. We are in draft month. Chris has ranked his top cornerbacks. Cornerbacks. We already quarterbacks. These are the cornerbacks. We'll look at Chris's top corners when PFT Live continues right after this. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. America. 